0: what's going on everybody my name is jeremy cole and i am thrilled to bring you a special final four episode of the j cole sports talk podcast and i had to include a little one shining moment in this episode it'll continue to fade out as i'm talking but we have some great great matchups this weekend in the final four some historic you know incredible storylines going into this weekend And, wow, am I excited to see these games. And, you know, it seems like these games are almost more exciting than the national championship might be for, you know, some obvious reasons that we'll get into. But you have four Blue Blood programs all playing their best basketball of the year. You have Villanova, who is slightly underrated this year, flew a little bit under the radar. Great, great program, great team. You have Kansas, obviously a one seed. They were in contention throughout the entire season. Then you have Duke, who had their ups and downs this year, but always a team that you want to keep an eye out for. And then you have UNC, who was slept on a little bit. They were second in the ACC, an eight seed in the tournament, definitely a little bit underrated because they came into the tournament with so much momentum. But wow, are there some insanely, insanely exciting matchups going into this weekend? So first and foremost, I'm going to start with the the obvious undercard. You know, the game that is. Not the game that everyone is talking about. And I'm going to talk about Villanova versus Kansas first and foremost. Now, starting with Villanova, they just beat Michigan in the Sweet 16 and then Houston in the Elite 8. And it was a strong win against Michigan. They had some struggles against Hunter Dickinson. That was pretty expected. And then honestly, I expected Houston to potentially upset Villanova in the Elite 8 just because of how great Houston had been playing. But Villanova is a very resilient team, and they're very, very composed. They're extremely well coached by Jay Wright, and they had a great performance against Houston and, you know, got the win in the end of the day, except the big storyline at the end of that game, in the final seconds, Villanova guard Justin Moore got injured, and he tore his Achilles, a really terrible injury. Um, Super sorry for the kid. And, you know, he is an extremely important part of the Villanova team. He is second in points, second in assists. He's their best defender. He's a rebounding guard. And Villanova doesn't really have a ton of depth either. And that's a big, big storyline going into this Villanova-Kansas game, is that losing Justin Moore against Houston will be extremely detrimental towards Villanova and their game plan And, you know, but the the issue is that since their team doesn't have a ton of depth, you know, they're going to be calling upon people that necessarily didn't play a ton of minutes this season. But then they're also going to have to make sure that they do not get in foul trouble, that they control the tempo because, you know, Kansas loves to play fast. And so for Villanova, you know, they have their bench, their spark off the bench in Caleb Daniels, but he is going to slide into that starting spot for Justin Moore. And I said they don't have a ton of depth, and Caleb Daniels actually plays 78% of Villanova's bench minutes. So with him starting, other people are going to have to step up here. And so I have a couple keys to victory for Villanova. First and foremost, they have to establish their inside-out offense. You know, they love to work the ball inside then find the perimeter shooters, and they need to knock down those open looks if they're going to stay in the game with this fast-paced Kansas squad. They need to control the tempo, slow down the game, stay out of foul trouble, and do their best to limit Kansas, uh, their scoring in transition, because Kansas is just about as fast as anybody in transition and in the half court with their offense. Then they also need to make sure that they can make their free throws. They're a great free throw shooting team, Villanova. Because that could totally keep them in the game down the stretch. But if they're able to knock down their open threes, they're able to make their free throws, and they stay out of foul trouble, that will be crucial. If they get into foul trouble, this game can be wraps in the first half. But, you know, Villanova, they have a path to victory, but it's definitely going to be a difficult one. Because they're playing against a Kansas team who beat Providence in a tough Sweet 16 matchups. They took down Miami in the Elite Eight, and they looked unstoppable against Miami in that second half specifically. They had some suffocating defense, their fast-paced transition offense, and then they also play with speed in the half court as well, and that could definitely pose some issues against Villanova with their limited bench depth. You know, you know, players, if they get tired, that could really, really pose some issues for, uh, for Villanova as well. And the thing that's working for Kansas is like, you know, even more so for them is they're a veteran team. They're experienced. They have four seniors, one junior and two sophomores in rotation. So they do not have any lack of experience. They're going to come in. They'll be cool, calm and collected. They're very, very well coached here. I mean, these are four programs that are all very well coached. You know, they teach these players how to play basketball on both ends of the floor. And they're great, great programs. So Kansas This is going to be a tough one for Villanova. They really are going to have to execute on their game plan pretty perfectly if I think they're going to want to, or if they will have a chance to stay in this game against Kansas. And all in all, I'm picking Kansas on this one. If Justin Moore wasn't injured, I think this would be a much more toss-up styled game, except I just think Villanova with their lack of bench depth and then, you know, with Caleb Daniels sliding into the starting spot, playing so much of the bench minutes, I don't know who's really going to step up for Villanova. Somebody on the bench is going to have to step up. Obviously, you have Colin Gillespie and Jalen Samuels who are going to be leading the team, except, you know, they really don't have any wiggle room for mistakes. So I'm going with Kansas on this one. You know, they have Abaji, they have Remy Martin. They're a great, great team and they're just explosive, and they're fast, fast pace, which will definitely pose some problems for a Villanova team that is going to struggle to keep up with them. So I really, really like Kansas. They're going to be a tough team to beat for either of the other two teams in the second game of the weekend, and Kansas could very, very well be the winner of this year's tournament. But now that we're done with the undercard game, I really, really want to talk about, and I'm going to focus definitely – put some more time into this matchup of the weekend and it's the matchup that everybody has been waiting for for years and years that we didn't even know we were waiting for between Duke and North Carolina in the NCAA tournament for the first time ever and they are in the second biggest game of the tournament ever it's not like they're matching up in the Sweet 16 or you know I don't even know if they could match up in the round of 32 or something like that based on their division you know and then the same conference and everything but they're meeting in the final 4 in what is an incredibly historic emotional matchup and it's kind of interesting because as i was doing research and you know compiling my thoughts and what i was just thinking going into this game the actual game itself is not even doesn't even compare to the transcendent storylines of these programs that are you know on a collision course now for this year in this final 4 and you know, you obviously have Coach K's last dance, final season, hopefully, you know, with the Cinderella, not even Cinderella story, the storybook ending to a legendary career if they are able to pull it off. And it's only right that he matches up against his rival in North Carolina that he has battled for years and years, going all the way back to Dean Smith and the years of Roy Williams and... You know, now you're in the new era of North Carolina basketball, but Coach K has been there through it all, and he is finally matching up against the, you know, there's no one better that he could match up against in this Final Four matchup but North Carolina. You also have that kind of revenge going in for Duke standpoint. You have the revenge for the final game at Cameron Indoor, which was kind of Coach K's farewell where they, you know, so many players, alumni, you know, famous, famous athletes were all in attendance there at that Duke game. And North Carolina came into Cameron Indoor and smacked them in the face. And even Coach Gay apologized to the people at Cameron Indoor that had came out there because that was not an accurate reflection of their team. And then even post that final game of the season, Duke had a pretty disappointing ACC tournament. And, you know, I think that game against North Carolina at Cameron Indoor was almost an inflection point for Duke because ever since then, they have looked incredible they are playing incredibly great basketball. I thought they were going to lose to Texas Tech in the Sweet 16 and they had a great victory. They've played incredible in the last few minutes of games where you saw that game against Michigan State, I believe in the round of 32. It was such such a close game down the stretch, but Duke turned on the jets at the very end and went on a massive run to win the game. And then against Texas Tech, they showed up in the final moments when it mattered. And then they beat Arkansas in a great game in the Elite Eight as well. But they are looking great as a team. And their lineup is just very, very well balanced top to bottom. Point guard, you know, Roach is very impressive. He's had a great tournament. He's at three out of four games. He's had 10 plus points. He has made some clutch buckets. I love his kind of craftiness off the dribble. You have shooting guard A.J. Griffin, who is a freshman, actually. He's one of the best shooters in the nation. And three out of four tournament games, he scored 10-plus points. And, you know, be on the lookout for him to see if he's knocking down some threes. You have Wendell Moore Jr. at the small forward position. He's very quietly almost in the 50-40-90 club this year. He's shooting 81% from the free throw line. And that is his worst percentage compared to the 50, just over 50% field goal shooting and over 40% from the three. He's had 12-plus points in all four games of the tournament this year. Obviously, you have Paulo Banchero, an offensive mastermind. He's making his case for the number one overall pick in this year's NBA draft. He scored at least 16 points in every game of the tournament. And I think he should have a big game, or he needs to have a big game against UNC. And I think he needs to put up at least 20 points. And then finally, for their center, you have Mark Williams, who originally was kind of a skilled defensive big man, but he's made some serious offensive strides in the tournament. And he looks like a great, great center to round out their great lineup. And Duke is looking really, really good heading into this game. That's a, you know, once-in-a-lifetime game or once-in-a-century game because it has never happened before. And you have Duke alumni like Jay Williams and J.J. Redick talking about how this is basically the biggest college basketball game of all time when you think about the storylines heading into this just the UNC Duke rivalry, you have Coach K's last dance, and then you just have UNC kind of a little underdog eighth seed, and they're looking so incredibly good, then you have Dukes, you know, they're trying to get revenge after the final game at Cameron Indoor, and there are just so many things going into this game, I will be glued to the TV watching this game, there is no way I'm going to miss a second of this game, because then you have UNC, as I said, they are one of the hottest teams of the tournament, if not the hottest team of the tournament. They beat UCLA in the, uh, the Sweet 16. That was a great game. Caleb Love just went off against UCLA. They, you know, kind of demolished St. Peter's in the Elite Eight. I kind of saw that one coming too, um, just because of how great a basketball UNC had been playing. And kudos to St. Peter's. What an incredible run setting history, um, or making history, excuse me. But UNC has just been Unstoppable but they are easily going to be facing their toughest opponent of the tournament in Duke, who is playing great basketball as well. And then you look at the lineup top to bottom of UNC of their starters, and they match up so incredibly well against Duke because, you know, point guard, you have RJ Davis, a very solid point guard that went off for 30 against Baylor. So he has that in his bag if they really, really need it, but they don't really rely on him too much because they have shooting guard Caleb Love who is an explosive scorer. He can take over the game uh, from the three-point line just like we saw against UCLA. They have the shooting uh, shooting guard is Lee or sorry, small forward is Leaky Black who's very very solid. He's a good lanky long defender. He's athletic, he's good finishing around the rim. You obviously have Brady Manik who's been the best player of the tournament. Um his three-point shooting has been incredible. He's knocked down from outside the arc. He's got 20 plus points. Or he's, excuse me, he's averaging 20-plus points in the tournament this year. And rounding out their lineup is Armando Baycott, who has had a double-double every game of the tournament. And he put up 20, he had a 20-20 game, 20 points, 20 rebounds against St. Peter's in the Elite Eight. And their lineup is scary when you look at it, just top to bottom. All of them are great players, same with Duke. And you just look at some of these matchups. You have Bancaro versus Manic. You have Mark Williams against Armando Baycott. The guard play is great between both of these teams. And all in all, it's just an incredible, incredible game. It's going to be must-watch. It'll be historic. You know, I can't even speak or find words to describe the magnitude of this matchup. And, you know, I, I don't know who really will win this game. There is so much going into this game. I would love... You know, this might be an unpopular opinion. I would love to see Duke win this game. You know, I'm a sucker for a good story, and I love Coach K, one of the greatest coaches in all of sports, most likely the greatest coach in college basketball history. I still have a soft spot for John Wooden, but Coach K is such a legendary coach. You know, for him to at least beat UNC and make it to the national championship, I think would be an incredible way to end his career. You know, if they do win a national championship, that would be even better, but I think Duke is going to be the winner going into this game. They have looked really, really good, especially in those final few minutes, as I said earlier, and that's really where I think they will be able to, you know, take over and win the game. I think there's no question that this is going to be a very close game throughout, and it might even come down to the very final possession. Who knows if we'll see a buzzer beater or a missed shot to win the game, but this has got to be a close game. There is no way this is not going to be a good game. So I'm going with Duke on this one. You know, I'm rooting for Duke, whatever. Great story. I like Duke in general. Um, I'm rooting for them a little bit for my cousin who's out there right now. He's went to the final four in New Orleans, He went to Duke for grad school, and I know he is going to be going crazy for Duke uh, and is all in for them. And I'm really on Duke's side for this one. And I think this would set up a Villanova, excuse me, a Kansas versus Duke uh, national championship game. And what a game that would be. Honestly, what a game it would be between any of these four teams. But I think personally, UNC versus Duke against Villanova, I would go for Duke or UNC. But if Kansas is playing against Duke or UNC, it is really difficult for me to pick a team that is not Kansas. So, you know, I think we either have a Kansas or Duke. Um, national champion at the end of this weekend. So regardless, I know both of these games are going to be great games. Villanova has definitely their work cut out for them after that injury against Houston Um, and their keys to the game. They definitely have to stick to those. And then Kansas, if they are able to shut them down on defense and then run the floor, pick up the pace, play with speed, I think they could run Villanova right out of the building. And that's maybe what I think will happen. Um, And I wouldn't be surprised if Kansas takes it to them a little bit too in this one because they have looked so good. And then you have Duke versus UNC and, you know, you really can't speak enough about this game and what's on the line here. And I think Duke pulls it out and they get their revenge for that final game at Cameron Indoor because that game was a total inflection point for them and they have looked great ever since then in the ACC tournament. And I am just thrilled to be able to watch and kind of report and you know see all this these games from a little bit of a different lens um, from a more journalism you know media style lens rather than just a pure fan but I will be so excited to watch these games wow they will not disappoint and I can't wait for one shining moment on Monday after the game so with that guys I really, really appreciate you listening in. I really, really appreciate all of the support, you know, over the past however many months from my blogging to podcasting. I found out just under a week ago that I was actually accepted into a master's program for journalism at USC in Southern California in the Annenberg School, where I'm going to officially able to pursue my dream to be a sports broadcaster, journalist, reporter, all of those things. I'm able to, you know, pursue that and you know, really try to make my dream come true. And that's, you know, something I'm very, very excited for. And I really, really appreciate all the support and everything you guys have given me. And I wouldn't have been able to, to do it without you guys. So, you know, I really, really appreciate that. I'm so excited for my future. And I'm so excited for an incredible slate of games this weekend in the Final Four. Wow, this is incredible. I can't believe I'm calling Villanova versus Kansas an undercard game because those are two of the greatest college basketball programs in the nation. And, you know, Villanova is one of the best programs in the past 10 years. They won multiple national championships. Kansas is kind of due. And then you just have Duke-UNC. And, you know, what needs to be said besides Duke-UNC versus one of the greatest rivalries in all of sports? I mean, you have whatever, Ohio State and Michigan going way, way back. You have a Duke-UNC going way, way back. You could bring up like Yankees, Red Sox. You could bring up like a Lakers, Celtics, except there's been, you know, ebbs and flows, dips and peaks and valleys in the Lakers. You know, professional sports It's a little bit different because um, there are years where teams are just not good and the games don't really matter. But you have a matchup like Duke-UNC and every game matters. Every game is so, so important and it's must-watch basketball and television. So I am so excited for this weekend. I hope you guys have a great weekend and enjoy these games. I can't wait to see what happens with them. And with that, I really, really appreciate you listening in and, to the, and the support, as I have said just now. But thank you again and have a great, great weekend.